the next item on the agenda is consideration of a new ordinance chapter 79 prohibiting the use of recreational powered scooters in the central business district first reading this item will be introduced by chief Carl Waldorf well good evening mr. mayor members of the City Council um, what we have for you tonight is a first draft and an ordinance that we hope uh, alleviates most of the concerns that were brought up at the last meeting we've done our best to incorporate as many comments as possible um, we really didn't have a template to work from there are a handful of communities in Illinois that have some form of ordinance governing these devices but none of them are really going for what we heard at the last meeting um, and so to some extent we were working a little bit without a net um, but I think we've incorporated most of them our goals here were uh, first to mirror chapter 75 which is the bike ordinance it seemed at least one or two members uh, were familiar with that and liked both the geographic area that it covered as well its simplicity um, number two we were really going for simple in this ordinance <coughs> so that any judge or uh, member of the community could read it and understand what was prohibited and what wasn't um, third we really tried to create and this we had to do from scratch with quite a bit of input but from scratch the broadest definition of what we called recreational powered devices um, there really wasn't a term on point either in state code or a local ordinance that we could find so that's really our terminology um, but we wanted to have the broadest definition we could not just for the wide variety of devices used today but just in case something pops out in the next couple of years that we hadn't really thought of um, but has the same net effect in the business district um, and so those were re really our goals I think that um, I think we've come fairly close let me pull up the uh, language that we use these are really the three key bullet points from the ordinance um, and I think they cover all of the comments that we heard last week but I'd like to hear if anybody has uh, one or more that they think we didn't um, at the bottom is the fine that we proposed um, the 100 to 300 really comes from the last couple of fines uh, that we imposed on new ordinances uh, most recently several years ago when we did a wholesale revise of the city's cannabis ordinances pursuant to the state decriminalization um, and so that's where that that penalty comes from that's what we've been working with the last prohibited area would cover it's the exact same geographic area that's already in chapter 75's bike ordinance um, so the two are identical and that has a very practical reason we're going to need to sign this entire area and we would love if we only needed one set of signs for bikes and the recreational devices that we're talking about tonight um, that'll cut down on on too many signs in this area so if anybody has any specific questions about any of the language any questions for Chief Waldorf? Please call them out. Thanks, Chief. Uh, if I'm looking <coughs> at the map correctly, uh, the the identification of the Central Business District that would encompass the restriction stops at Wisconsin and does not follow Western Avenue <coughs> north. Of it. It, it actually does follow Western Western Avenue north, um, all the way to Woodland. Okay. And that is an artifact from the bike ordinance but I think it still fits the 
the traffic pattern we're seeing okay. in the business district. And conversely, going south, uh, does it stop at Illinois or mm -hmm. does it capture that? Nope, Illinois on both sides. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously, we have the ability to come back and amend these. And if we were going to add signage or add areas, we would want to do it to both ordinances just to make sure. Because, again, the closer we can make these two, we only need one set of signs. So. Thank you. Alderman Walter. Thank you. In consideration of making some alignment between the biking and the, and the new um, electric device <coughs> ordinance, I noticed I, the bicycle ordinance doesn't <coughs> include a fine right now. Is that correct? It does not. It, it refers back to a fine schedule. Um, we could also do that, which allows the city council to change the fine anytime we approve the annual fee and fine schedule. Um, and there are quite a few that are on that that schedule as well. And we could do that if, if that was the council's decision. Um, and then uh, additionally, I've reread the bicycle ordinance and I did like one aspect of the bicycle ordinance that did not make its way into the, the proposed ordinance. And that is that um, bicycles are prohibited um, from oper operating in any areas of the city where appropriate signs are posted. So say for example, in the future, um, uh, Deer Path Park or a particular park in the in the community becomes right. inundated with too much vehicular traffic or bicycle or scooter traffic that we need to post signs. Having that particular provision in both ordinances would be good and allow us some flexibility to address cases as they may come up right. just through using signage. Um, no, we, we actually did discuss that quite extensively and went back and forth on the two. I think our thought was if council wanted to ban additional areas, they would want to weigh in personally rather than staff. And so that's kind of, that was our thought on not including in this ordinance. Um, and I, I think uh, Kurt would have to weigh in, but I think we could probably amend that if you wanted to add that. But that was our thinking is to not include it in this particular code. Appreciate the background. One other question just popped in my head. Skateboards, mm -hmm. are they covered under this or is it not deemed an issue in town? So currently, when we were enforcing this in the 80s and 90s, we would get a case by case from the individual judges. Um, it is not by letter in the code. It just really depended on the judge at the time. Um, I will say we don't see many manually powered skateboards anymore. They've been also entirely equipped by, <laughs> eclipsed by electronic versions, and those are included. So again, we could probably go back and edit. Uh, but you know, haven't seen it being an issue in town. I mean, I no. can't think of people complaining about it. No, as no. Far as I know. Okay. Thank you. Um, no. And I do think, I, I should say, with some of the comments, I think we're going to have to come back and edit this at some point because we just don't know what we don't know, you know, now. Um, we've really, in the week we had available to us, we really went back and forth and what if this, you know, internally with our staff. And there's a good chance we'll have to come back and touch one or the other at some future point, depending on how enforcement goes, especially once we start writing tickets, that's where the rubber meets the road, you know, with, with the judges. Uh, I have a couple questions. Did you consider... I appreciated Alderman Waltham's suggestion about adding additional areas. I live near the bike path, the mm -hmm. Robert McClory bike path, and there are now tons of e-bikes and e-scooters, and I mm -hmm. would love to see the adaptability <coughs> of this to an area that has not been, that doesn't permit motorized vehicles now. 
Right. So if we could if we could have the flexibility to add that later, that would be great. Um, I'm curious about how you're going to enforce all this. What is this going to take? So our, our current plan is we're going to have to get signage up first. And so the city will do that in-house. We'll design and post signs. Um, I think our current plan is because we're losing some of the weather. We can already see that going forward. I think we'll see ridership drop off as we get closer to winter. So I think our current plan is to do warnings, um, warnings throughout the fall and then assuming most of the riders will disappear over the winter and then whenever it starts getting nice again whether that's march or april we'll start come come back and that's when we'll actually start writing tickets everybody will have had plenty of notice by then both uh, in our traditional communication forms and from us handing out warnings um, the education element that i see on the right. on the screen is that going to be education about rules of the road or education about this ordinance or both? It could be both, certainly. I think our intent in the slide was about the ordinance itself. Yeah. I think it would be great to add yeah. responsible ridership yeah. to all this. And it, if it, it seems with the age group that's affected primarily here, that maybe this is something that could be done in gym class or something to that effect. Right, and certainly our SROs are going to handle it quite a bit and already have been. Yeah. Um, and they'll be really the spear point in working with the schools to get the message sure. out. Because you're right, you know, the kids are a captive audience at school, otherwise they're not. So. Waller and Weber. Thank you. Um, Chief Waller, thank you for answering some questions I had also through email. I just wanted to point out, you know, our real priority, I think, with this whole ordinance is the safety of the pedestrians. That's the feedback that we've had. Uh, I know I've experienced it uh, coming out of one of the businesses all along Western Avenue. But I don't want to stop the shopping habits of these particular patrons from shopping and participating in the local business. I think that's really important. So just taking a step further, besides the language here, I think it's wonderful to align with the current bike uh, rules is do we have any thoughts on, and again, maybe not be a question for you specifically, maybe for Jason, but either like some sort of bike rack or scooter parking signage, something so that these kids can like lock up their scooter somewhere so that they can still go around town. I, I just, I'm having a hard time visioning a bunch of, you know, nine to 12 year olds walking their scooters or e-bikes or whatever. I just wanna make things still pedestrian friendly. I think teaching independence is good, although I, I also know from small boys that their, their maturity level is not, and this right. is going to take some time to, for these rules to sink in. Right. And no, I agree. I think it's going to take us a couple of years of, you know, steady, <coughs> uh, steady work. Um, in regards to, I think for sure the, the overall population of kids is going to decrease in the business district because they're not going to like walking their scooters. Um, and so I don't know how much we can do to help that end of it. In terms of the parking side, I don't think you'll see much difference than they do now, which is just lean it up against the you know the wall, okay. run into Walgreens or wherever, and, and come right back out again. I started to chuckle as you were talking because my office overlooks where the kids park yeah. uh, for the middle school, and I see hundreds of them come up every day, and what they appear, their current tactic is to fling them all into a giant pile of 200 scooters, <laughs> and occasionally maybe one out of 10 kids actually pulls out a cable lock, and I'm like, ah, that's my kid. My kid would do that. <laughs> the cops' kids are going to lock them up. Well, but, I got uh, some pictures today from a resident <laughs> yeah. of you know showing me the volume of students that are using that right. as transportation to school. Um, on a side note, which I know I also touched on you, is regarding just safety in general for the riders. 
And I mean, I'd love for this council or city to look in the future on a separate occasion requiring <coughs> helmets, uh, particularly on these type of uh, motorized recreational uh, vehicles or toys, whatever we want to call them. So I, I think that's something that we should maybe take a step on. Um, and tagging onto that, has there ever been any consideration of some kind of class or license or training that goes with having one of the, you know, permission to have one of these scooters, it's a responsibility. Not, not on our part. I will tell you that there's a bill in the assembly right now that's already passed the Senate and has not yet passed the House that would essentially um, block many of the features of our ordinance. And, and you may notice there's a small clause in there that says if there's a contradictory state law, the more, the more uh, tough law will, take, will uh, take over. That law would, in essence, make it illegal in any public area to ride a device if you're under 18. And so that's, you know, that's kind of much farther than council seems willing to go at this point. Um, and we're kind of waiting to see what happens. Will that come out in the veto session? I don't know. Um, I will say that that's not one of the bills that the Illinois Chiefs have been tracking that closely, so I don't have a lot of info on it now. I'm sorry to drag this out, no. but I do have one more question. When you ticket these, these riders, so the kid gets the ticket. Right. So how do you know you're giving the ticket to a not some smart aleck who's giving you a fake name. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to give too many tips of the uh, the the trade away. That's something we deal with all the time when we're writing tickets to juveniles, whether it's for curfew or alcohol or any prom. We usually get the right people, um, and if we have trouble identifying them initially, the SROs can always identify who they are after the fact. Has it been considered to register the scooter? with a license or a QR code, a sticker, or a something where no. a responsible party then becomes the recipient of the warning and the ticket? No, it's a, it's curiosity. a good thought. I, I think it's outside of our bandwidth currently. Okay. Um, there are probably some, I would think there's some third party, you know, uh, commercial sources for that, but I must admit I've never looked That's into it. Didn't you used to have bike licenses? We did, many years ago we did, yeah. So we can't. No, I mean, the primary way we identify bikes is um, if the person has reported them as stolen, they're in the state and federal computer. Um, but to be honest with you, we often go up to Kittles, and they do keep back very excellent records of bikes. And I can tell you about one, one, at least a half or more, they're able to tell us who bought it at least the last time. It doesn't mean they're the current owner, but uh, that's surprisingly helpful for us. That's too bad. That would be a nice way to... Alderman Powers. Chief, is the penalty strict enough, the, the one to $300? The first thing that I thought of is that, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. We have your patrol people out there writing tickets come the spring, and the cost associated with the labor mm -hmm. to police this is more than the fee that we would be generating. Is, is there flexibility in that to change that? Well. Let me say most of the or do we think of something else other than a penalty i mean you know right well a couple things um most of the enforcement we do is revenue neutral um and so that's usually not in our head when we're writing the fine i think we were trying to be consistent with the last couple of ordinances um i think i i would be uncomfortable having a minimum fine that's much higher than where we're at because i know these are actually going to go to the parents to pay and most of them are going to come home from work at six o'clock and their son or daughter is going to say, hey, here's, here's something I got today. And, 
and I, you know, there's a, I think a limit to how much you can ask them to pay um, on that part. Now, Judge Donegan in administrative hearing, which happens here once a month, be written to, is not opposed to alternate arrangements. So if if a parent comes in with a son and or daughter and they want some alternative arrangement, and that could be a research pro project or paper or something they'll have to bring back to Judge Tonning at a future date. He's certainly not opposed to that, and he's done that many, many times over the years. Um, so if there's concern about about just that fine amount, that's not always the final determination. Thank you. No other comments? Uh, before we uh, ask for additional commentary from the public, um, I have a question about the bike path. Sure. So, across the motorized vehicle bike path, right. but as I understand it, that didn't contemplate what we're talking about here because we also have uh, prohibition against motorized vehicles on pedestrian walkways in the city, and it was determined that that didn't apply to this. Um, so I'm wondering what your view on that is. Furthermore, um, I'm not so sure, personally, that we should not allow these scooters on the bike path because it is theoretically a confined area that allows kids to get into the central business district within reasonable proximity of their businesses. I realize asking them to walk two blocks might be a bit much, but, you know, some might do it. Um, so I, I'd like your sort of view on, on where we sit relative to the bike path and scooters. Right. Well, approaching it from the end we hear, which <clears throat> I, is kind of the complaint end, I'm certainly not getting any on, on the bike path with the ferocity that we're getting to the business district the last couple of years as the number of these devices really ramped up. Um, I think that uh, we would not be opposed to looking at that again down the line. I do think we have quite a bit of work cut out for us just in the next couple of years getting this into sort of Lake Forest's culture. And so I'd love to just focus on that for a while. We certainly don't have any accident statistics to share with you of scooters on, on the bike paths uh, versus anything else. Um, we do have a fair amount of bike crashes on those, but so far no scooter crashes that we are aware of. Um, and I know occasionally someone could be hurt and just not call the police. That's not unusual. I'll note, too, just uh, in terms of considering unintended consequences, at least anecdotally, we know that there are adults, usually older demographics, who at times have the e-bikes, um, whether they have you know knee or hip-related issues, and they do use the bike path. So I know we're talking more about targeting youth with e-scooters would just share again for based on anecdotal observations that there there is a growing prevalence of e-bikes using the bike paths in town. And I think just to point out the bike path is closed. Do you think that that's an area where bicycles and perhaps these sorts of vehicles ought to be considered having some degree of precedence? Not that I think people shouldn't be able to walk there, but I think if you walk on a bike path, it's like walking on a road. Uh, you, you have to have some extra consideration. Um, the other thing I'd just like everybody to know, and this is, is, I mean, this isn't something that we just came upon in the past two weeks. I mean, literally from the day that I arrived, I began bothering Jason about this issue, and 
we agreed that we had to start with efforts at education and signage, which we did, um, you know, and I think that what's happened over the course of the summer is that we just realized that those tools by themselves are, are truly insufficient for this. And what's the consequence of doing nothing? Um, if you take a 70-year-old who gets hit by a scooter or a bicycle on a sidewalk, who sustains an injury, common injuries, let's say a hip fracture, the one-year mortality from that injury is 20%. The statistical risk of an elderly person being defined as virtually everybody older than me, um, in, of who's independent, having that type of injury and losing their independence is also quite high. So the, the cost of doing nothing to a large percentage of our citizens, and what's our average age in Lake Forest? I believe it used to be 64, I think we're down to 62. <laughs> um, but my point is simply this, that <clears throat> we spend a lot of time being concerned about the safety of children as we should be, but this has to go the other direction as well. We need to be con concerned about the safety of our older citizenry as well. And so I think that's really the necessity of all of this. So um, anyway, um, thank you. Thank you. A big component of this is a process of education, much of which will occur over the course of the winter. In fact, we've been doing it up to this point. But you do, we do need a receptive audience, and parents do play a role in, um, in sort of preparing the grounds uh, for this, that um, you know, children need to sort of pay attention to what's being said um, because they are a key piece of, of the solution to the problem. If, you know, even rules won't help if the kids don't pay any attention to them, uh, and that requires some parental involvement as well. So anyway, um, moving on from there, if there's no more uh, comment, what I would like to do is consider first reading of um, the uh, ordinance in question. Uh, can I have a motion to approve first reading of uh, the ordinance? So moved. Second. Uh, can we have a roll call vote, please? Certainly. Alderman Notes? Aye. Alderman Powers? Aye. Alderman Reschlack? Aye. Alderman Weber? Aye. Alderman Walter? Aye. Alderman Novit? Aye. Alderman Waldeck. Aye. Seven yay, zero nay, motion carries. Okay, very good. Um, are there any additional items for discussion or commentary by the alderman? I have a comment. Um, if, can we direct staff to come up with some kind of an educational program that can be delivered to the schools as quickly as possible to help implement the rules of the road and responsible biking and responsible e-scootering and things to to the point of our commenter um, just to kind of get the responsible behavior ball rolling yeah no question i'll just add that we're already having conversations with the schools um, about the type of educational Great. programming that can be offered whether they be in wellness classes whether they even be in all school assemblies obviously 
the you know the, any final decisions on that will will rest with the schools but i think they're willing partners in trying to address um the issue at hand i i would say i think it's a more effective um a, approach for us at this time versus considering any sort of municipal licensing and education program i do want to be mindful of the, the limited bandwidth that our police department has right now and this is as already going to be a significant increase in the amount of resources that are being devoted to the business district dealing with these youth issues even if you have uh, a licensing and registration program it still comes back to the same issue of enforcement um when you know uh, as to whether kids are uh, adhering to whatever the rules are and so i don't know that the time that it would require of staff would produce um enough of a of a positive outcome to justify the program but certainly we can evaluate that as we roll uh, roll into the spring next year and if we find that we're not achieving the success that we want with the current um uh, the current scope of the uh, the code amendments that are being proposed, then we can always look at adding um, you know additional layers to it in the future. Okay. Okay. Is there any other comments?